This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk and Happy New Year to all of you. This is our Tuesday, January 5th, 2021 edition of Invest Talk, and it is my first show of the year. And for many of us, I'm sure we're glad 2020 is behind us. And there we with the new year comes new challenges. Uh, but the moving parts that are needed to make good decisions in the new year haven't changed much, right? Uh, there's still the pandemic going on, market gyrations, and the world economy affecting the companies in which we invest. So you can't afford to let your guard down. And we've now had two vaccines approved for distribution here in the U.S., but we're also seeing a new strain. So another of how you don't know what you don't know, right? You don't know what's ahead. What you can do is understand that risk and opportunities are always being presented. And you must identify both. It's our job. It's your job. And our job here on the show each and every weekday is to help you identify both. Understand both. So one thing I can say for sure is that you have to be prepared for opportunity and risk. And learn how to adjust your portfolio accordingly. I'm Justin Klein, and on today's program and podcast, I'm going to do my best to provide you with unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. I know you want and need strategies to help fine-tune your portfolio and reach the ultimate goal of individual financial freedom. So I'm here, ready to take your calls at 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. And I always urge everyone to call that number sooner rather than later, even if you're listening after hours. Get your call in, and we will answer it on a future show. Or you can listen to us, if you're listening live, 4 to 5 Pacific time, you can call and ask your question right now. Now, as you can hear... Uh, I have an information-packed show for you today, but first, let's jump into the markets real quick, a quick overview. The S&P, after a pretty bloody day yesterday to start the trade, the year trading, we had a modest up day. S&P was up 26 points, about two-thirds of 1%, and it was kind of a hit support, right? We hit support yesterday, intraday, and we've rallied pretty nicely since. But we haven't gotten over, let me take a look here. We, I don't think we've gotten over the 6.8. Eh, yeah, we closed kind of right at the 6.8 retrace uh, on the short-term chart. So certainly closed right at some major resistance. And we have the Georgia 
runoff elections going on today right now so we haven't really seen a whole lot of news on how that's going but certainly that will be a a big reactor a big catalyst for markets one way or the other right there'll be a final outcome uh for the most part it might drag on a day or so uh but i'm sure we'll get the results here in a couple of days now what else happened you saw commodities take off yesterday. Gold and silver, big, big start to the year. And just a clear breakout for commodities uh, in general, even without much of a decline in the dollar. dollar was down today, but we closed kind of where we were at the lows yesterday. So uh, modest start negative on the dollar this year, uh, but very, very bullish for commodities in general. So that's where we are. I'll be interested to see how the first week of trading finals out. Now let's get right to our first caller question at 888-99-CHART. Hello, Stephen Justin. This is uh, Matt up in Mendocino County. I uh, really enjoy your show. Question about Texas Roadhouse. Um, I own um, some of their shares. It's done well for me over a, a seven-year period. And I'm just trying to decide whether to hang on to it or sell it. Its PE is up around 100 now, and it has done well during the pandemic. And wanted your take on this stock, uh, Texas Roadhouse. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. All right. He's looking at Texas Roadhouse. And this is a company that operates out of headquarters in Kentucky operates over 500 restaurants in 45 states in a few foreign countries and it's a restaurant at the end of the day uh, but it's a very profitable one uh long term and if you look at its growth trajectory 2013 it made a dollar 13 and pretty much made more money every single year since then up until 2020 where uh, once final earnings come out for the fourth quarter, expected to only make seventy cents, down from two dollars and forty-six cents in two thousand nineteen. That's not a problem, right? That's a it's it's a, it's a one-off one-off event. Uh, and next year, or sorry, this year now, expected to earn two dollars and sixty-five cents, which would be up from two thousand nineteen, which is like I said, two dollars and forty-six. So that trajectory, if you take out last year as a, as a bogey for the entire, uh, 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 sorry, mulligan for the entire restaurant industry, I think it's fine. There's, you know, you say the P is a hundred, but that's based on last year's earnings, right? If they're going to make two dollars and sixty-five cents, it's still expensive. It's definitely not a cheap stock. I'll, I'll give that to you. Even based on two dollars and sixty-five cents a share, you're talking thirty PE roughly. And revenues pre-pandemic were growing in uh, the mid-teens on average. Not bad. Uh, but I do think it is expensive. And it's starting to roll over here. It just broke its 50-day moving average, approaching its 100-day moving average. So I like the company. Don't look at it as a 100 PE stock. Look at it as a 30 PE stock. But that's still a bit rich for me. Okay. I want, I, I'll pay 20 times probably for this type of company with the consistency of its earnings and its cash flow, but I'm not paying 20 times for something that's growing 10 to 15% on revenue. So I just think it's a little too expensive. I would take some money off the table if you're willing, if you have, you're willing to take the tax hit, uh, but I like the company long term at 
maybe 50, but not 75. Thanks for the call. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we made it. 2020 was a very tough year, but we're finally here. 2021, and there are several reasons for optimism. However, through the continuing uncertainty, we should remember that the task of building our financial freedom must continue. You cannot afford a backslide. So your goal of financial freedom will require information and effective strategies, and that's what here we are here to talk about. Your participation is an important part of the mix, so we're taking your calls live right now at 888-99-SHARP. It's an Invest Talk Tuesday. Justin Klein is here today taking your calls live. How's your portfolio doing? Are you prepared for continuing market volatility? You've got questions, so call Invest Talk. 888 chart 888 chart 888-992-4278. So I get through and ask your question on today's show or a future show if you're listening after hours. Now, my focus point today concerns the story, the costly mistakes to avoid when rolling over a 401k. So we're going to talk about that process. It's a, it's a common process, process that we help clients with all the time. But we're going to go over kind of the do's and don'ts and what to really think about with that process. Also, with a new administration comes potentially a shift in regulation. And we're going to touch on the financial services industry and what the environment might look like for the big banks. Also, the Fed had a plan to make some loans to smaller companies, right? Not your big public companies, but smaller companies. How did that go? What were the pros and cons? We're going to dig into that a little bit to see how that ultimately turned out. And then lastly, electric car sales. They were up in 2020. How much were they up, right? There's a lot of hype around the industry. Did the sales trajectory match that hype? And who were the winners and the losers? And... I'll tell you this, guess what? Tesla did not hold the top spot in 2020. You might be surprised by that. We're going to talk about that, hopefully. But it's a new year, and I think it's worth taking a minute to make you aware of some of the benefits that Steve and I offer to client investors through our company, KP Financial. We're based in Irvine, California, which... If you don't know where that is, it's in Orange County, California, which is just south of LA, about an hour south. So let's take a minute to remind you that here on Invest Talk and at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success, which means we provide unbiased guidance both on and off air, as well as practice parallel investing, which means we invest right alongside our clients. So I encourage you to take advantage of our offer for a free portfolio review assessment. It's easy. We have uh, our staff gets you on our calendar, sets you up with uh, reports, and then we can discuss that to figure out what you're doing right, what you might be doing wrong, how to improve your results going forward. You can do it via phone or video chat as well. You can send us a message through investtalk.com or call our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California. No obligation, just a call, just a just a conversation. 
we can help you and we want to help you. Now, I'd like to fit in as many caller questions as possible, so let's grab one now from 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Josh from California. How are you guys doing today? I have a quick question involving options. I've been paper trading on my TD Ameritrade account options just to get a feel of it. But one thing they keep reminding me is risk of dividends. What would that mean for a long call for me? Do I owe money or is that reduced from the uh, value? Just curious. Thank you. Have a good one. Look forward to the answers. Bye. Well, div what dividends can do is they can trigger it's a, it's a triggering potential triggering event, right? Triggering the option before it's actually expired, right? So, for example, I'll give you an example in the strategy that we deploy for clients, the covered call strategy. And every one of the positions in there pays some sort of a dividend. Maybe a small dividend, maybe a large dividend. Doesn't matter, right? We buy a stock, let's say at $45 a share, and we'll sell a call. Let's use the example, $50 strike. Okay, And between the time we buy it and the next dividend date or the, the expiration of the option, the stock goes above 50 right? And now the ex-dividend date's coming up. And if I'm the owner at the other side, right, somebody who bought that option, and you want to get the dividend, you're going to need to execute the option, right? You need to go buy it at 50. Let's say it's at 55 now. You need to go buy it at 50 in order to get that get that dividend. Otherwise, we get it, right? We're owning the underlying, right? Or our clients are owning the underlying, and they're going to get that dividend unless the option holder triggers the option. So that's that's how X dividend dates can trigger an event before the actual option expires okay so I hope that kind of helped that with that small example there that was just one example of how options can play into uh sorry dividends can play into an option strategy there you listen to invest talk i'm justin klein and for investors the need to remain vigilant never ends that's why i remind you now that you can call our 24-hour listener line and leave your question on our voice bank system Stephen and I will provide you an unbiased answer on an upcoming podcast. And now we're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. This is InvestTalk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Now, my focus point today concerns the story, the costly mistakes to avoid when rolling over a 401k. Now, both 401k plans and IRAs have common purposes of letting you put away money in a tax advantage way, right? Deferring those taxes uh, when you're saving for retirement. 
Now, but before you move your money, be sure you know the rules around this and make sure you're not making uh, any mistakes. Now, the first one is the rollover process. Okay. Now, the rollover process is something we help clients with all the time, right? Uh, people retiring. And the first step is to set up a rollover IRA account. Right. We use TD Ameritrade, but you could use Schwab, Fidelity, another big investment uh, advisor, uh, not investment, another big custodian. Right. That's what you want to look for. So a big custodian that's SIPC insured, etc. Now, how you get that money in is that you don't make the check payable to you. Make sure that. Because if you do, you the, the 401k plan has to withhold 20% for taxes. What you have to do is make it for the benefit of you, right? Made out to that custodian. In the case of TD Ameritrade, it's called TD Ameritrade Clearing for benefit of the person's name. That's how it works with TD Ameritrade. Uh, other custodians have different titles. But that's how you want your 401k provider to make out that check and send it directly to the brokerage firm. So that's number one. So you don't have to worry about any tax implications or withholdings or anything like that. Number two, if you have company stock, the idea is that you actually roll over, you don't roll that money, all of that money into your new IRA. You can actually roll over the company stock into a brokerage account. And then when you sell it, instead of being taxed at your ordinary or at your ordinary income tax rate, it's taxed at long-term capital gains, right? The zero, fifteen, or twenty percent. Now, certainly that could change with new tax rules, etc. Uh, but it's something to think about. It may be what you want to do: putting that into a brokerage account, selling that, and getting that long-term capital gains. Just the just the stock portion, right? Not the investment portion. Now. It can be complex, but if done correctly, it can be a smart move. Now, the next one is the rule of 55, and it's the age of 55. Now, if you leave your job before the age of 59 and a half, you may want to wait to do that rollover, or at least doing the entire rollover, right? Because in a 401k, you can actually take money out penalty-free at the age of 55, but in IRA, it's 59 and a half. So a slight different there. Now, the vast majority of people, they're retiring after the age of 59 and a half anyway, and it doesn't really matter. But if you are retiring a little bit early and you're thinking about this as, uh, or maybe you're just moving jobs, you know, you're 58, you're moving jobs, maybe you want to take some money out right now, taking it from the 401k will allow you to avoid the the. Uh, the penalty, whereas a four IRA, you have to wait till 59 and a half. So something to think about on that age thing. And then how spouses are treated. In a 401k, unless the spouse signs a waiver, the beneficiary must be the spouse. In an IRA, the account owner can name any beneficiary they want without the spouse's consent. So a little bit different there, uh, but something a little, little quirk in the rules that you have to be aware of. So those are the main things to think about when rolling over that 401k. 8899 chart, 8899242278. Let's keep things moving. Go straight back to that Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier from Nebraska. Hey Steve and Justin, this is David from Nebraska. Love the podcast. Just recently discovered it. 
I have a question today about Vivos Therapeutics. They are a sleep apnea company and they just launched an IPO recently. Just kind of curious on what your long-term thoughts are and even short-term thoughts. Thanks so much. I look forward to uh, hearing your response on the podcast. All right. You haven't been listening to us long, so you probably know I'm not a giant fan of IPOs typically. Uh, This is a company, very small still, $110 million market cap. They only did $3 million in sales last quarter, and that was down 1% year over year. They're still losing money. Technically, it's now in a downtrend, even though it's in trading for roughly a month, not even a month now. Uh, hit a high of $14 and change on its first day of trading. Now it's at $5.98. Sorry, sorry, $6.17, the close today. Uh, so, which is about its lowest close since the IPO. So, you know, I, I'm passing on it. It doesn't make money. I don't see... I don't know enough about it. I really have to understand their technology, how different is it than their other uh, other technologies that are out there, how much traction can they get uh, in this space. So I'm certainly going to pass on it. These IPOs te- typically are not the greatest. So I'm going to move on. Now the next invest talk, this story. Fourth quarter 2009 domestic sales for GM increased 4.8%. Those sales figures for most of 2009 were dismal, but fourth quarter performance may be a good sign for the auto industry. That story tomorrow, but for now, I'm Justin Klein, ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Every bit of advice you are willing to share, I very much appreciate. Invest Talk is here to help. I really enjoy this show. And we thank you for listening. I'm sorry that I can't hear it every day. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. So your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? 
And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Invest Talk. The start of a new year promises many changes. For investors, the challenge will be how to stay focused on maintaining your assets while navigating market volatility. That's where Steve Peasley and Justin Klein can help. The phone lines are open and waiting for your questions now. 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. Uh, Tom in Tennessee again. Happy New Year. You've been uh, suggesting that we rotate more toward value as value's been so badly hit over the last couple of years, several years. And I would presume that the rotation to value has some assumptions built into it that we are going to get back to more normal. Well, with the vaccine rollout dreadfully slow, unemployment still rising or folks just not looking for a job anymore, Congress, well, Congress is Congress. Is it still a good idea to continue to rotate into value or should we look for some bottom somewhere before we start investing uh, there? I look forward to your answer on the podcast. Never miss a one. Thanks, guys. Uh, the answer is yes, it still is. Uh, if you look at the trends, the trend remains intact. That growth is underperforming value uh, across the market ever since the September high. Remember we had the sell-off in September? Yeah, we've rallied since in the major S&P, but the growth side has, has made higher lower highs and lower lows ever since then. And now, uh, if you look at the chart, which obviously you're not looking at, but I am, uh, the 50-day is pointing down. It's been pointing down really since mid-November, and now the 100-day is threatening that as well, uh, kind of flatlining. Uh, so you're, you're starting to see this trend after years and years and years of the growth outperforming, and there are, some few, there are a few factors that are driving this. Number one is a weaker dollar. Weaker dollar means higher inflation, and that means higher interest rates in general. You start to see interest rates rising a little bit. Uh, but also, you're, you're seeing expected future economic growth going up. So growth is becoming less scarce. And the reason that expected growth is going higher is because governments are now spending, right? They've opened up the checkbooks. They're writing checks to people. They're writing checks to businesses. They are spending, and the fiscal hawks are gone, right? And so this is 
repairing balance sheets, both especially on the corporate side, but also the individual side. And this is giving rise to that inflation, higher commodity prices, and higher economic growth. So this is the, a big reason for that, right? Uh, and so I, I maintain that value is still the place to be. Let's go to Emilius in San Francisco. He wants to talk about PPL, which is, let's see, PPL Corporation. How you doing, Emilius? I'm fine, sir. How are you, Justin? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you as well. You're looking at uh, an income play here, 6% dividend yield. This is uh, a utility company, electric utility. Not exciting on the growth side, but you're probably looking at the nice juicy 6% dividend. I'm looking for that, and I'm looking to keep it for about 20 years. <laughs> you're going to hold it for 20 years, you're saying? Uh, um, yeah, I'm looking for the long term, you know. Yeah. Um, you, you know, just, definitely know near term, I'm it. not the biggest fan of utilities. Definitely not an area that I'm going to be overweight in this environment, especially with interest rates arising. Uh, their earnings have been pretty much flat, very minimal growth over the past decade or so. Uh, and, and that's what worries me. And I don't think it's really undervalued or overvalued. Right. Uh, it's just kind of, I think, at value. Um, so while that dividend is nice and juicy, uh, it's going up against its uh, its payout ratio by 80%. It's a little high uh, in my book. Long-term return equity is in the low teens. So, you know, that's actually pretty good for a utility company. So I'll give you that. Uh, but, you know, the fact that they have minimal growth kind of worries me here. Uh, so, you know, eh, I give it an eh, Emilius. <laughs> okay, thanks, man. Thank you, Justin. Much no problem. Thanks for the call. That was PPL Corp. Solid utility, just, you know, I, I know utilities don't grow very fast, but this one's just not growing at all. Um, and so I want to see a little bit of growth. In their business, um, so near term, not a fan of utilities, and uh, longer term, this is just kind of middle of the road for me. Not terrible, not bad. Uh, so I'm gonna say pass because I like the I like to invest things that get me just a little bit excited, and this one doesn't. Thanks for the call, Emilius. Appreciate it. Now let's touch quickly on potential regulation uh, coming down from the Biden administration, and not really regulation, but kind of a change in tact in the way that they're transforming or want to transform the financial services industry. Now, typically investors in banks worry about higher regulation from a democratic administration. Usually that has more to do with cracking down on uh, consumer loans, right? Uh, more consumer protection, right? More red tape. But there are some innovative ideas that could change the financial services industry as well. And some of these measures are working through these, or they're working their way through agencies and being discussed in Democratic Party circles. And the goal is to broaden access to financial services in general, which could change the way traditional banks compete and make them compete more, either with government 
or with their technolo technologically advanced upstarts, like a square, right? Or probably both in combination. Now, the first idea is postal banking. And what this is, is this notion of offering banking services via the post office. So it would grant the U.S. Postal Service a license to make loans or hold deposits. Now, that may be a little complex, but it would install ATMs at post offices. You can facilitate bill payments through your post office, expand electronic money transfer services through post office. And, you know, they kind of do a lot of similar things and make it more efficient in a lot of ways. And what this would do would broaden banking access to everybody. And a lot of the digital players really like this. Why? Because they would kind of be branches, right? De facto branches. You can't walk into a PayPal branch or a Square branch, right? But if you could do those things or you can interact with those digital services at a post office where your bank account is, that might help them compete with a JP Morgan, with a Bank of America, with a Wells Fargo, who have thousands of branches throughout the country. So that's an interesting little potential change. Another is to create accounts for every individual with the help of the Federal Reserve. We've talked about this before, the Fed, I think it's called the Fed Now, uh, which is their pay payment system they're developing. Kind of similar to, it would work similar to a Venmo or a PayPal, right? And it would compete with these forms. And what that would allow the Fed to do is to get money quicker to individuals if need be. And there are some new rules that are being adopted that will allow more loans to be given. So the bottom line is that investors in banks now with this administration have more to think about than just higher capital requirements or, you know, yield curve how the year curve is shaped. The technological and political currents right now means future of banking is more up in the air than ever. And so it's harder to get a sense of how the current big banks are going to compete in the new environment if some of these things are passed. Now let's grab another live caller question from Gloria in San Francisco. She's looking at Pinterest. Hi, Justin. Thanks for taking my call. And uh, my question is, uh, what do you think about Pinterest? I actually own the stock. I enter in 20, and it's only about 1% of 2% of my portfolio. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering if I should pull up there or take the profit. Well, I will say that Pinterest is pretty expensive, very expensive at these lofty levels. You're talking about a market cap of 42 billion and they're doing roughly a billion dollars in sales, something like that. Uh, so 40 times sales talked in the past about once you get to about 20 times, that's typically a very, ex very, very, very expensive and rarely do companies live up to that level of valuation. Okay. So that's first off. So it's very, very expensive. It's still a good company, has solid growth. You're talking about revenue growth, about 58%. It's back to where we were pre-pandemic on that trajectory. And I like the business. But 
I like it closer to where it was in March at $10, $12 a share rather than $68 a share today. So I think it's made a good run. Uh, it just tested its 50-day moving average. I would be trimming my position or having a tight stop on this name uh, because it's just not a name that I want to be invested in at these valuations today. Uh, you know, it could stay up here for a long period of time, chop sideways and work off this overvaluation while it continues to grow. But there's so much built into this $42 billion valuation that I'm just not comfortable here. You know, our fair value is sub $30 a share and now it's 68. So uh, that's why I would take my profits. Thanks for the call. I'm Justin Klein. You listen to Invest Talk, and you are not alone. And as you might assume, the greatest number of our listeners are here in the U.S. However, it's interesting to note that we attract the, we have attracted an audience from all around the world: Canada, U.K., Australia, Germany, China, Japan, Switzerland, and even Saudi Arabia, Russia, India, Thailand, Korea, and many, many more. So Steve and I thank you for downloading Invest Talk and also for telling your friends and family members about our free investing and financial podcast. Please keep the calls and questions coming and even email messages. We appreciate them all. And of course, you're welcome to call our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California. We would love to help you. But for now, our Invest Talk phone lines are open. So give us a call at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where each Friday, subscribers to the KPP Premium Newsletter receive a concise and highly informative summary of the week's financial and investment news sent directly to their inbox. It really does give you a week that was roundup in a quick read. It also offers a look ahead and various process and term explanations that will be interesting to every investor. So you should be thinking about subscribing. You'll get targeted value formatted for fast consumption when you become a KPP Premium Newsletter subscriber at investtalk.com. The InvestTalk Radio and Podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. How are you guys doing? This is uh, Matt from Connecticut. I've uh, been listening to you guys since about March and really appreciate all the guidance and, uh, and help with investing. I know you guys have mentioned briefly about insurance stocks. You see some value in the uh, near term and also long term. wondering if you could kind of go a little deeper into that. What type of insurance? I'm looking at uh, Allstate and think it's a strong company. I want to get your uh, thoughts on that. Thank you very much. All right. Now, I do like the insurance space overall. A few reasons. One is if inflation is going to rise, if interest rates are going to rise, that means that the current. This is how this is how insurance companies make money. They take in the premiums, they invest the premiums, and they pay out the claims. And most of their money is actually made on the investments that they make. Right? They typically are pretty conservative. Typically invested in bonds treasuries, uh, other types of uh, fixed income securities. And that is, in this environment, a tough going, right? To invest that money and earn a, a, a strong rate of return. Well, if interest rates are going to rise longer term, if we've reached the bottom in the interest rate cycle, which I believe we have, then 
they're going to earn higher profits going forward in general. Second, with the pandemic, right, business owners, individuals, I think they're going to be more apt to buy insurance, get a little more protection from the unknown that is much bigger in size and scope than it was before, right? So I like the, the property and casual, reinsurance, et cetera. The areas that I don't like in the insurance space are companies that focus on selling annuities, universal life policies, et cetera, because of the regulation that's coming down the pipe, uh, which I think is good, right? The best interest regulation that's going to uh, make it a little harder and harder to sell these high commission products, right? Like annuities and universal life policies. So I don't like that space uh, in, in general, okay? So, and, and it's boring, right? And in this environment, boring businesses are typically the most undervalued in my mind. And that's what we're seeing out there in the marketplace. Now, is Allstate good? Allstate's a solid insurer. I wouldn't say it's overvalued or undervalued. Uh, they operate in property casualty and life insurance. So they, they do have probably some universal life policies, but I don't think it's their main business. So I like that. Um, so Allstate's fine. Allstate's good. Like I said, not my favorite in the space, but... I like that type of business in this environment. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here is to help you achieve your own particular version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this final break. So if you're going to call, you want to do it right now at 888 99Chart. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck, because Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Let's head over to Napa and talk to Noel. He wants to talk about ALB. Yeah, good afternoon, Justin. Uh, yeah, we're getting into, we're in a world of, batteries, and uh, I think I'd like to enter the lithium space. That's the only one I'm aware of, uh, ALB. Uh-huh. I was wondering what you think of that one, and or should I continue looking? Uh, it's definitely one of the best in the world. So uh, I like, this is Albemarle, uh, and they operate uh, out of North Carolina as their headquarters, and it's the world's largest lithium producer, $17 billion valuation, and certainly had quite the reversal. Uh, big volume update today, uh, so I think it might be a little exhausted, to be honest with you. Uh, usually when you've had such a big move and you have that last burst of, of volume, both yesterday and today were big volume uh, days. So I could see this kind of topping out here near term, but I like what you're looking at. I like the name 1% dividend yield, but uh, a solid payer, solid dividend payer, uh, and around the 110 to 120 mark, that's an area that I would like to own album, Albemarle. I don't know. I forget how you say it exactly. ALB is the symbol. So I like what you're looking at. I would just wait for a little pullback to work off some of this recent move because it's gone from 90 to 162 in the span of two months. And that uh, typically is 
too fast, too far, and you're likely going to get a pullback. But I like what you're looking at, Noel. Thanks yeah. for the call. Now, lastly, let's touch on electric car sales, and we've actually hit a milestone. For the first time, Country has sold the majority of their cars as electric vehicles, and this is the country of Norway. Sales jumped to 54% of all new vehicle sales in that country last year were electric. But you'll be surprised to know that Tesla's Model 3 lost its place as the country's best-selling vehicle. Now this is, like I said, the first time a country has recorded more sales of electric vehicles than petrol, diesel, or hybrid over an entire fiscal year. Now the Norwegian government plans to ban the sale of petrol cars and diesel cars by 2025, four years from now. So this year, 54.3% of uh, battery electric vehicles were sold uh, as a percentage of sales in 2020. Sorry, not this year, 2020. That's up from 42% in 2019. And if you just take the month of December, 66.7, two-thirds of cars that were sold were electric. But Tesla's Model 3, not in first place. What was? Volkswagen's Audi e-tron. It's called the ID.3. Uh, that came in third, excuse me. But the e-tron came in first. And then the Model 3 in second. So, and that's after a pretty big surge in December. 4,000 cars of the total 7,700 of Teslas. So, that's pretty interesting to see that big surge. Did they really have that surge? I don't know. Everything was a little questionable with Tesla, but that's the that's that's what happened. Now, so it's pretty interesting to see that government. This just shows you government mandates, government action can really change the mix of how cars are are sold. What percentage of cars are electric versus petrol? Well, we get there here in the U.S. It just shows you the example of how. Uh, the potential new administration, administration that really cracks down on petrol cars, could change the way the industry operates. And you've seen this with emission controls. You know, once government came in and said, you need to meet certain standards when it comes to miles per gallon, what happened? Suddenly, miles per gallon got better. So, these companies will adhere to these policies. It's just a matter of what's the end cost and how quickly can these companies pivot. And I think they will pivot faster than you think. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members that they can choose from all of our free download podcasts, over 100 over at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. They can also listen live, streaming live each and every weekday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. Be sure to rate and review our podcast as well and on any platform you're listening on. We invite you to call with your questions anytime at 888-99-CHART. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night.
Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. 